Hey guys, quick update from the podcast. Our next audio documentary series is going live Monday, August 30th. It's called Slaying Satyev. It's a story about the biggest upset in wrestling history. We put a ton of time into these audio documentaries. Our last one was The Smiths. Slaying Satyev is coming August 30th. It would mean the world to us if you checked out all four episodes on Monday, August 30th, right here on this platform. It doesn't matter whether I'm wrestling a guy off the street or if I'm wrestling in the world championships, I'm executing the move correctly every damn time. We can endure anything and adapt and pivot and change. Wrestling gave us that ability. I would say nothing in life has impacted me more than the things wrestling has taught me in terms of self-reflection, resilience. Toughness. Some guys have it, some guys don't. Adversity, 100%. How to pick myself up and be a man after I failed. And everything that has shaped my life and where I'm at today would not be there without the values and basically the, the lessons I've learned through the sport of wrestling. For me, wrestling saved my life because it, it allowed me to focus and channel my energy. We're fortunate if you wrestled because if you wrestled, natural talent helps, but it's, it's 5% of the ingredient. It pales in comparison to heart and technique and effort. It humbled me, taught me humility. Nothing can hit, humble you more than wrestling. I think it's the learning to adapt, right? You learn, you learn how to adapt, you learn how to solve problems. You know, if I look back my time, I spent wrestling. If it gave me one thing more than anything else, it's mental toughness. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Wrestling Changed My Life podcast. This is Ryan Warner, your host. Thank you so much for tuning in. It's Thursday, August 19th, coming to you from the windy Chicago IL. Our guest today is Nick Wazdowski. Nick was a three-time NCAA finalist for North Carolina State, two-time champ. He had that epic showdown with Kyle Snyder in the finals his senior year. And then he went on to the senior level where he won two bronze medals and is making a run at yet another world team. He's going to be wrestling in, I believe it's three weeks here, at the world team trials. But the big update for Gwiz is that he's now with the Spartan Combat RTC. So he moved from Raleigh up to Ithaca, New York, and he's just getting settled in. And I really enjoyed this conversation. Hope you do as well as always. Fan of the week goes to Everyday Workout Man. My man Thane, that's at Eday Workout Man on Twitter. Give this guy a check out, everydayworkoutman.com. Thank you so much for the support, my friend. Greatly appreciate it. As always, folks, Wrestling Changed My Life is proudly presented by Spartan Combat. Please support this show by supporting our sponsors. And that's it. Let's give it up for the big man, Nick Gwizdowski. And I noticed you got the Sticker Mule shirt on. I, uh, I love that company. I've had the CEO on the podcast before. I've seen yeah, bits. And- I listened to that episode. Oh, you did. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. Love that guy. I've heard, I've seen bits and pieces of what you're doing online and, and I looked it up, but just share with folks kind of what you're doing with sticker mill. I think it's awesome. Yeah. So, um, following the trials, Anthony reached out to me. He's the, he's the owner. Um, and asked about, you know, if I wanted to keep wrestling or if I had other interests and whatever. And I was like, no, I want to keep wrestling. Um, but he asked if I'd be interested to work with them at a part-time basis to, um, basically kind of become a, um, 
a company well-recognized in the wrestling community. He wrestled, a couple other people within the company wrestled. He really likes it, enjoys combat sports and whatnot. So he, he asked me to try to, kind of my goal is, is to get um, a free order of custom stickers in the hands of every wrestling team and club in the country. Um, so I'm sure a lot of people have been seeing emails come through with my name on them. Uh, there's people, you know, that, I'm, that are part of my team. I'm part of their team uh, to help uh, put through put through free orders. Um, and there's a link on the Sticker Meal website under wrestling. But if you enter your information uh, and we'll like file that and then kick back a, a gift card to you on the website. So it's not spam if something comes through. Um, it is... Uh, it's good free stuff, no strings attached. A lot of people are worried about this or that, but it's like no zero, zero commitment. Um, just just free, easy. So it's good quality product. They make a lot ton of different stuff. So there's more things coming too in the future. I think you'll be thoroughly impressed with what we got coming up. It may seem surprising to some folks, but if you know sticker mill, I mean, these guys are all about just anything creative marketing-wise. It's just amazing to watch what those guys do. And to your point, these are the top of the line stickers. Like Facebook uses them to make their stickers. Like so many companies do. They do awesome magnets. I also use their packaging slips that they make. Um, so I, I couldn't be a bigger sticker mill fan. Just the ease of ordering, just the quality of the product is amazing. So we're so lucky to have Anthony in the wrestling circle. Then you now kind of being the brand ambassador for the wrestling division. Yeah. So that's, um, I was excited about it. And the more I learned more and more about it, um, their capabilities are through the roof and um, I'm currently working on the, uh, they just came out with yard signs. Mm. So um, the Spartan combat RTC, our golf outing, we'll have those as a whole sponsors um, kind of putting those to use and whatnot. So there's a ton of different things that you get created with how you use them and the quality of their products is all there and what you asked for and their services. It's tremendous as I learned more and more working with them and stuff like that. So it's a good, it's a great company. And is the connection that you guys are from the same town in New York or that you're a New York guy? Uh, no, he's, he's from like probably like 20 minutes away from me. We have a couple of mutual friends. That's how we got connected. Uh, we got connected at a, at a local MMA event that um, Sticker Meal is one of the sponsors of. We were sitting next to each other and we were chatting and headed off from there. Love it. That's awesome, man. Well, it's good to see you're, uh, you know, spreading your wings, so to speak. And you've, you've got a lot going on. I'm sure you're, are you getting ready for the trials? In the yeah. Yeah, we've uh, I've kind of always had that kind of planning in my back pocket because other than that, there's really no other competition. So, um, you know, I went to two of the three training camps this summer um, between moving and whatnot and, and going through this change. So there's a couple of things I've been improving on and working on. So past couple of weeks, like almost since the Olympics, we've been training pretty since I've been up here, it's been consistent so about last four weeks have been real consistent before that was a little bit here and there based on moving and whatnot um but you know that that is the focus and that's where i've been been working toward love it it's exciting to know that you're going to be back out there for hopefully a couple more years um probably through 2024 i would imagine yeah yeah i don't want to no, speak too the, soon here no, <laughs> no that's uh that's kind of the plan right now is to uh is to go through 24 and uh, see where we're at after that and whatnot. I know you've only been there three weeks, but have you noticed any big differences in terms of the way Cornell approaches training and wrestling than, than your guys at NC state? Mm, not too much now because it's the past three weeks or so. Um, let's see the beginning of last week. 
Mike just got back from uh, Tokyo. So before that, it was just kind of um, Count Russell, Donnie Vincent, and myself. Um, Frank probably came in a week or two weeks after us. Um, so there hasn't been a ton. Um, you know, like I haven't really gotten into like our, our core things and the, the way they run things here too much. Um, but more and more, I, I see differences and whatnot and um, just different things, um, different focus points, you know, some things that, you know, I haven't, I didn't think were, um, you know, just when you're around the same program for so long, it's like you have your things that, you know, are kind of cornerstones of it. But mm -hmm. then when you see different people, you're like, oh, well, you know, that's, that's not something that, that we really push that hard, but it is something that's important. Um, so all, all coaches have different things that they kind of focus in on. And I'm kind of seeing those with Mike and, um, you know, right now we're kind of practicing at the same time. So, um, a lot of my focus is on what, what I'm doing to get ready for the trials. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, you know, you see guys wrestling, using different stuff and, um, just different things. Not, not bad. You know, they have things that they're successful at NC state has their things. Um, but you know, there's a lot of different ways to win in college wrestling. It's not just one. Do you have any specifics? Uh, nothing yet. You know, it's, it's, I think it's too soon. I think to really understand those and see those things you have to, uh, observe over, a, over a period of time and observe a lot of practices and hear the same things and kind of the same, the same key points show up over and over and over. Yeah. Um, and see how guys execute practice and whatnot, those type of things. So, like, oh yeah, that, okay, that's that's something that's critical in this program. That's a that's something that you see top to bottom. And you've been with Pat Papalizio for a long time. And before that, were you with his brother at the Journeyman Club? Yeah, so I wrestled at the Journeyman Club um, probably starting in like fifth or sixth grade, um, and then. I went to Binghamton, uh, geez, July of, of 2011. So uh, probably about 10 years. Wow. How let's, let's talk about that. Sorry about that. Um, just your initial kind of, uh, your first stint in college wrestling at Binghamton, because I had learned, or I had read that, you know, you weren't the kind of kid that set goals that say, I'm going to be an Olympic champ at six years old. You kind of set smaller goals and achieve them and, and kind of worked your way up. And uh, just through your Rockfin blog, I had read that you didn't really know how you'd fare in college until you got there. So talk about those first couple of months in the Binghamton room uh, with Coach Pat Papalizio. Um, they were hard. There were there was a couple guys that, you know, kicked my butt pretty good. Um, like I said, it's not like I was like, oh, I'm going to be a national champion or multiple time national champion or multiple time All-American when I stepped in. It was just like, I don't, I don't know. I, I haven't wrestled the national champion before i haven't wrestled an all-american before i don't know how i stack up to them um and then you know going through that and then as the season progressed like i wrestled you know guys that would wrestle for a national championship be like well he, he beat me out at nine points you know and then i'd wrestle other guys um that weren't all americans and i would beat them by nine points we're like well you know maybe they qualify for nationals but that doesn't really give me a good um benchmark or anything to measure from uh so i just just constant progression of like you know what's next within your range of skills and your abilities to um kind of meet and then go forward you you check that box what's the next box what's the next box what's the next box 
that's kind of how I've always progressed through things, you know, up until now where it's like, really the only thing left to do is, is win a world championships, win an Olympics. And the thing that seems constant through all those progressions is that you always seem to love wrestling, which isn't always a granted with some of the best athletes. Um, is that fair to say that you were someone who like really soaked up the sport and enjoyed it? Uh, yeah, I'd say so. Um, I do enjoy it. Uh, there's, there's times, um, where it's not as easy as other things, you know, yeah. where it's like, well, if I just stopped wrestling and took a normal job, it'd be a lot easier, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, where the hours of this job are unique. Maybe there's more flexibility in those things, but at the same time, um, you know, they, it requires, I'm sorry, it requires a different level of, um, commitment where other jobs, you know, five o'clock you're done Saturday, you're done Sunday, you're done those type of things. Um, but no, for the most part, I've always enjoyed it. Um, I've enjoyed finding that I shouldn't say me finding the challenges, the challenge is finding me, um, and, and figuring out ways to overcome those challenges. And, you know, now we're at this level where it's like, probably now one of the biggest challenges for myself is to, uh, sit back and listen and make changes to things that I've done a certain way for so long. And now listen to someone else going, you know, this is a really fine thing, but we need to change it. Mm. Um, so th those are, those are challenges that I find right now and being, um, humble and, and willing to learn from people and whatnot. So. Is it a thing where you're still going out and breaking down technique online or is it other coaches kind of bringing things to you and different strategy points? Um, I don't know if it's so much like finding things online. I think it's um, finding things within my own wrestling and, and uh, shortcomings that I've had and be like, okay, well, how can we make this better? You know, we missed out on points. We gave up points here. You know, how can we make those things better? And, you know, it's to the, the point of, you know, hand placement, head position, all those really small things um, that, you know, they're, they're small, but they come down at points. Real quick, Ryan, can you hear that dinging? No, sir. Okay, good. We're golden. Nah, not at all. Um, so I know what you mean. Those calendar reminders, sometimes I can, but not on this one. Okay. So if you look at your career, you know, whenever I'm getting ready for an interview, I look at what are the big turning points? I got to imagine going to Binghamton was a big one, but even bigger was your decision to transfer to NC State. Um, talk about the first time you heard that Coach Papalizio was leaving and, and kind of your progression of if you were going to follow him or not. Um, man, first time I heard he was leaving, I think he, I think he called me, um, told me about it. Um, at first, I was like, geez, I don't know. You know I've never been in North Carolina. You know, their team stinks. Um, you know, we have a pretty good team here at Binghamton, but I like Pat. I like Frank Beasley. Um, I also liked how Binghamton was close to home. You know, I, I weighed my things. I thought about other schools, but then, you know, nothing really ever materialized in those things. It's not like I was ever, um, you know, going on visits to other schools and whatnot. If I was going to go anywhere, it was going to be to NC State. Um, and then just going there and being around. Um Pat and Frank for a longer time and Jamil Kelly kind of opened my, um, opened my eyes and my, um, my skills to more freestyle where I've wrestled freestyle before, but um, kind of put me in situations where like wrestling at the U S open wrestling at the world team trials to be like, Oh wow. Like, 
yeah, these guys are better than me, but it's not like, you know, out of grasp, mm-hmm. you know, there's, it's definitely attainable at these levels um, to win and, and to beat these guys and, and make these small corrections and boom, there's two points off the board, two points off the board. And then, you know, you're right in a match. Um, so that was, that was probably a big, a big turning point in my freestyle uh, career that kind of, you know, went hand in hand in my uh, collegiate career. Um, so yeah, that, that was a big part of it and wrestling in a different conference. Um, it's not like at that time, the ACC was that good when I first got there by the end of it, it got, it definitely improved. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, no, that, that was a, that was a big point kind of getting out of my bubble, um, and forcing growth upon myself. And if you look at coach Papalizio, I've had him on as well, but you know, he's a guy who doesn't talk about himself a lot. So it's tough to tease out some of his routines and his philosophies, you know, knowing that you've been around him for so long, what are some things he does that, that are unique to him that, that enables his teams to achieve the success they had because he's built programs really at, at two schools and is obviously one of the top coaches in the game. Yeah, no, he definitely instills a lot of confidence in you um, and confidence in the work that you've done. The, you know, he runs programs where guys work really hard and, and that's not, you know, every program does that. Um, this, this disciplined work, a complete disciplined lifestyle where like, you know, that you're doing everything right. So when it comes time to compete and it comes time to get in those, um, you know, like, like really, really fine moments where, you know, you're like, okay, I've, I've put everything in top to bottom, um, that, that will enable me to win and and do my best. Um, and you know, more and more people buy into that. And when you have better and better athletes buying into that, you, you produce a better and better team, um, you know, he did it at Binghamton with, with probably mid-grade recruits. Um, and now he's doing it at, at NC State with, you know, top five recruiting classes and whatnot. Um, so they're doing a very, well, very good job with, with kind of the same, you know, with adjustments, but for, for the main portion of it, stuff that he was doing at Binghamton beforehand. And were you on some of those teams that beat Iowa and Oklahoma State in the same year? Uh, yeah, I was on both of them. That was in 2016. We did that. Yeah. Which, I mean, pretty amazing to say that a lot of people don't, don't know that or even remember those years, but um, just talk us through those duels. Were those in Okie? were those in like Stillwater and Iowa city? Were they at the national yeah. duels? No, they were both away duels, um, both at wow. Carver and Gallagher. Um, they were, they were fun. They were, um, you know, it's kind of, you go to these big matches, these big crowds, with your, you know, 25 people in your charter. <laughs> um, and you got your little locker room and, you know, you got the, 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 the deck stacked against you, but um, you, you, you know, you have a fearless leader that you're behind and, you know, someone you trust and you're like, all right, well, you know, you got your team to lean on and you go out there and, and uh, wrestle them. We had a guy that we had, we had guys on the team that were um, some proven, some not proven, but, they're all guys that had the skills to hang in there, win, be really close to winning that type of stuff. Were you guys favored in either duel or was it an upset? Um, uh, I don't know if we were favored. I knew they would be close. I, I think if you ask people, probably not favored, but maybe Oklahoma state, we were favored actually, but kind of, you know, the, the duel ends within, you know, three points, four points. 
Yeah. You know, so it's like, all right, Nick, if you don't get pinned, we win this one. Or like you go out and win, you, we win the match, which um, I was favored, but other guys on the team, you know, there might be an upset or get a major decision when you weren't supposed to, or don't give up a major, or don't give up a tech fall, those type of things. Those are fun duels to look back on. And if you look at your career, you know, you get to NC state, you're retro, and then all of a sudden, boom, you're a national champ, national champ again, and then runner up your senior year. So from a, from a skill standpoint, obviously you, you know, you're a product of just working super hard in the room and, and going through the grind from a, like a mentality standpoint, were you someone who visualized or put a lot of thought into the uh, kind of behind between the ears type of process to get ready for big events? Uh, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say a ton then. I think I just kind of went with it. Um, I would definitely make sure um, I had all my, all my ducks in line. Like everything was prepared. There was nothing, there was no surprises. You know, I had all my boxes checked. I was ready. I had this prepared, this prepared, you know, like, I kind of went through all scenarios, had everything planned out, ready to go as easy as can be on, on my end um, and whatnot. I still kind of am that way coming up to big events. I try to keep everything in line. I have good routines, um, minimize surprises and, and things out of, out, of, out of ordinary just to be um, easy as can be when I get to those events. Um, and I'd say that that's helped me for the most part. Um, and as we're competing, I feel like my coaches always had me well prepared. Are you still working with the guys at Garage Strength? Because I've watched some of those videos of you jumping out of a pool. I'm like, holy, <laughs> dude, that's yeah, that, freaking amazing. Can you still do that? Um, I probably could. Uh, I have like some toe injuries. So like, mm. I, I don't, it's not even worth like trying. Cause if I like bump my toe, then, then I'll be in a wheelchair. So um, I probably could still do that. I was at my old neighborhood too. I don't live there anymore, but I, I would be, you know, if I had like a better, a better big toe, I would try it. <laughs> but no, so, I, I still, I still do work with Dane Miller at garage strength. Um, you know, we, we, we talk daily almost about our strength, our, about what we're planning on doing um, the plan in place, how training is going compared to the strength plan, how many days a week, what we're doing, what feels good, what doesn't feel good, all those type of things. So. So who, for folks who don't know, who, who is Dane and like, what's his connection to, to your world? Um, Dane is a, is a strength coach out of uh, Pennsylvania. Um, man, I can't really tell you what part, maybe near Reading. I think I've been to their place, uh, you know, multiple times, but I just, the whole geography of Pennsylvania throws me off a little bit. Um, he's a strength coach. He coaches, he was a thrower at Penn state. Mm. Um, and now he coaches mainly discus and shot putters um, and some Olympic weightlifters. He, he has a pretty good stable of athletes that train with him either in his gym or remotely. Um, I think he was coaching maybe four to five different athletes at the Olympics. Oh, wow. Um, and they're throwers, one from the U.S., one from Canada. Um, maybe one from Jamaica as well, a couple different that, that train with him, him remotely. Cause not all, not all, um, sports programs have like, you know, throwing specific coaches. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, a lot of times I feel like that they're, they're trained on their own, um, for a good bit of it. Um, but he was, he was at in Tokyo for a couple of weeks and now he's, um, down in Mexico with a junior weightlifter. Um, 
but that's what he does. And he's got a, a pretty awesome facility um, out in Pennsylvania that, um, you know, he's got a strong, it's not like state of the art or anything. Like it's a, it's a gym you go into and, you know, you have a plan to, to get stronger. It's not a um, all machines. There's a, a bunch of platforms and, uh, you know, some rusty old weights you grab a hold of and whatnot. But um, I've always liked what we've done. I think it's, I think it's helped me. Um, I'm healthy. I'm strong. I don't get hurt, you know, knock on wood, but um, that's why I've kind of always stuck with it. He was, he was, um, he was one of my teammates strength coaches um, when they came in and I was like, wow, this kid's strong. Um, Mm -hmm. And then when I graduated, uh, I was working with some of the interns at NC state and then that turned, they moved on. So I was like, well, these, interns are always going to kind of move on in their positions. Um, and he expressed interest in wanting to train me multiple times. So I was like, all right, we'll give it a try. And when I first started, it was a little bit difficult because it's like, you just look at this plan. You don't really, excuse me. You don't really know the expectations. Um, but the more I, the more I did them and, you know, went up to his place and trained, I got a better feel for the expectations every time. Um, it was easier and easier. Um, and now it's not easy in any means, but, it was easier to meet the expectations of it. And um, I de- think I've definitely felt the, re- uh, the results of, of, you know, the training we do. And when you say expectations, do you mean in terms of like how hard you should be going or what the plan would be week over week? Um, well, like the, the week over week plans in place, you know, we'll go four or five week blocks or stuff, stuff like that and um, adjust a little bit with my feedback. But I mean, like, you know, rest off in between sets, you know, that, that type of stuff where, you know, I'm not sitting around for five, six minutes in between every set. Um, I have an idea of what the sets are supposed to look like and feel like. So when I can meet those, that's why I know I'm doing the, the lift the correct way. And if you had to give advice to kids out there listening, a lot of parents listen to this show and they, they might message me and say, Hey, what kind of strength and conditioning should we be doing? If you look at your videos, it's a lot of jumping, um, obviously some core fundamentalists in there, but if you had to give advice to like high school or college kids, even how do you, how do you look at things that have worked for you in terms of lifts and. Um, probably my, my core, my core lifts. Um, probably my number one lift is, is a power clean, either a power clean, a full clean, high pull, stuff like that. Um, I do a lot of pull-ups back squat. I don't really deadlift. I don't, I don't, I don't love deadlifts. Um, which, you know, kind of goes to the point where it's like, I'll, I'll give feedback. It's like, Hey, I don't like how this feels on my back. And it's like, okay, we'll scrap it. You know, we'll, we'll put in something else. Um, squats, bench presses are there. Some kind of incline bench press, a lot of core work, um, front squats, those, those type of exercises, and, and they, they'll cycle in and out. But for the most part, there's always a, a pushing, uh, an explosive, uh, like a pull, like a, a power clean, stuff like that. Um, and you know, there's always pull-ups involved. So I was going to say, I've seen you do pull-ups on like the rock climbing grips where you're just using your fingers. Yeah. That's at his gym. Those are, those are hard. Um, those are one last night after I saw you doing that. I'm like, I told my girlfriend, I'm like, I I was going to buy a rope to hang over my balcony, but I think I might have something to replace it with. I had never seen one of those before. Yeah. Those are not easy. Some of the things he, he gets me with when I go up to his gym, um, because he has some different things. So, like oh this is pretty hard too bad i don't have one here i bet joe decina would install one in a second if we asked him to do it (laughs) yeah there's there's some um there's some unique things in that spartan room uh that we can probably implement use of rather soon 
I actually just sent Dane a video of all those things. So it's pretty amazing, um, isn't it? Yeah, there's some creative things back there. I'm trying to think back to is is the one with a, a rope that you're kind of climbing bent over? Um yeah, like you're kind of hiking up a hill and pulling a rope. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I think there's like three of them. <sighs> Crazy. <laughs> have you met Joe DeSena since I, getting up there? I have there? not met Joe. Um, I think I'll meet him at, at this year's golf outing in a couple of weeks. Nice. He's awesome. I've been working yeah, with him for a couple, about a year and a half, but been a fan of him for a lot longer than that. I mean, the guy is like used to be an extreme endurance athlete. He's ran the Iditarod. Like he's a nut. Um, he uh, he was like in, involved in investment banking and got out of shape and they just went into like ultra endurance running and went way into it. And like I said, before you know it, he's running the Iditarod. He's running Badwater, which is a 135 mile race in Death Valley. Um, and then he had, I think, made so much money on Wall Street and was so into endurance racing that he started Spartan. And now he's got this massive race company that's in, you know, I, I, God knows how many countries, maybe a hundred countries, you know? Yeah. And he just loves wrestling. So it's like, how lucky for us that he's going crazy into it now. You know, it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, right. It works out for all of us. Man, between Sticker Mule and Spartan, two solid companies uh, that just have really strong wrestling backing. So I, I love that. So I got to know how, I mean, I can imagine how it went. Mike Gray probably called you, said we'd love to have you. But what, uh, I guess, what all went into the, into the change? Was it that you're looking to be a coach long-term or are you just looking for kind of a, a new, just a new change of a scenery. Uh, yeah. So uh, kind of neither of those things. I, I don't, I don't think I'll stay in coaching my entire life. Um, and I wasn't really looking for a change of scenery, but I was, uh, Mike reached out to me. Um, kind of beginning of June. And this was, this was just after uh, beginning of July, maybe June. I don't know. Um, but it was right after we had a camp in Atlanta and I chatted with him for probably like an hour. Um, and I, I was like, you know, being honest, I was like, yeah, no, I really have no interest in coaching or anything like that. Um, and he called me, you know, probably like a couple of days after the Rob Cole news, him heading in Stanford. Um, and he asked me about it and, you know, explained like, you know, there'd be some volunteer duties and going to matches and coaching and whatnot, but, you know, the main focus would still be being competitive and, and training and competing. So um, that was probably the biggest, you know, part that I heard. I heard that was like, that's okay. I'm, that's interesting. Um, and then Donnie Vincent also being part of it coming up here. Um, I've been working with him a lot since he came to NC state and since Obi Blanc left. Um, and then just that component. Um, and also the guys they have in here between Vito and Yanni and Kyle. And then, you know, you can't go, you can't go, you know, blind to the fact that, you know, Mike coaches, Mike works with these guys too. So he, he's obviously someone that they trust and he brings something valuable to the table that they, um, you know, that they're always with him. Uh, so those things, and then understand Mike's vision of what he wants to do with the, not just the college program, but also the RTC and whatnot. So, um, those were important parts, uh, that definitely piqued my interest, um, being confident in, in who I was as a wrestler and as an athlete to where, you know, if I did want to make a change, um, I could be successful in it. I've seen other guys do it. James Green's done it. Um, Jordan Burroughs is doing it. Kyle Snyder did it, you know, 
Thomas Gilman, you know, guys, guys can switch programs uh, and still be successful or more successful. Mm-hmm. Um, so knowing that, you know, I was like, I've done nine years there. Um, and my girlfriend Hadley was like, yeah, no, let's give it a try. Um, so we came up here and checked it out. It's definitely very different from Raleigh. Um, similar in some ways to the area I grew up here in New York in terms of the, the ruralness of it and whatnot and the, the open space, um, but also downtown Ithaca is unique in its own manner. Um, and it was somewhere where it was like, you know, you look at the facility, you look at the commitment of the people around the program and in the program and, and graduates of the program and all those things that go into you, like, you know, um, you know, there's commitment to winning here no matter what. So, yeah, um, there was definitely tough leaving North Carolina. Um, have a lot of good friends back there and uh, a beautiful place to live, um, you know, but but to finish out my career and um, see how things are here. I'm not I'm not afraid to do it. Well, I'm excited you're there. It's it's going to be fun to see the impact you make on some of the upper weights at Cornell. How much is like workout partner availability important to you or someone of, of your skill level? Have you kind of resigned to the fact that there's not too many guys that are going to be able to scrap with you and, and you're just kind of picking up things as you go? Um, no, I, I think it is important to have the availability um, of tough guys. I think, you know, I think everyone at some level is, let's say let's say at my level is is world-class at something that they could execute on everybody Mm. or you know close to everybody so you have to be disciplined in your um in your repetitions in your live wrestling to where like yeah i can always go to this i can always go to this but let's let's give this more reps let's give this more reps and not just giving different moves different rep uh more reps but also correct reps you know it doesn't matter whether I'm wrestling a guy off the street or if I'm wrestling in the world championships, I'm executing the move correctly every damn time hmm. um, to where I, I'll do it asleep, but it's, you know, it's done correctly. Um, so that, that's something I've kind of learned over the last few years that when you, when you get more and more into wrestling, where it's like, yeah, there's in every room, there's not guys that are going to beat you, you know? You can help guys try to beat you. You know, mm-hmm. that's always good and encourage them. Hey, I need, I need the best effort out of you because for me to get as, as good as I possibly can, I need you to try to, um, you know, beat me every time we go live, give me your best. And that's going to pull the best out of me too. Um, and there's young guys in the room here that I think have some ability that we need to work out of them, you know, to get to that level. Um, and then, you know, there's, this is also senior level guys that, you know, have been here like Scotty Boykin, who brings some different skill sets that I'm not used to. Um, and then, you know, we just brought in Yusuf Hamida, who also brings some different skill sets and a, and a body frame that, uh, frankly, is pretty similar to a couple, uh, a couple of the top guys in the world. Yeah. You know, so it's not like I'm going to find Gano Petrosvili to, you know, train with every day. But here's another guy who's 6'4 um, and presents a, a similar body type um and and skills as well that that you know you have to be aware of and, and respect and uh wrestle wrestle around them and get better in those positions to to be able to beat guys have you ever had the trains the chance to train with gino or, or taha before i have i've competed against both of them i've never um ever trained together now well one guy I, I read that you had trained with is varner uh olympic gold medalist obviously down at penn state 
What kind of feel does he bring that you, that you don't typically see? Um, I think anyone that wrestles with Jake will say he's probably the strongest individual they've ever wrestled. Wow. Um, I, I've been on, in on his legs so many times, and then, you know, he could be on his butt and, yeah, have a double leg wrapped up, and he could lock around your chest or just, like, post and sprawl, and then you're like, no, how does legs? <laughs> like, he's so strong. His hips are so strong. His legs are, like, I don't know, iron or something, concrete. They're just, like, dense and strong. Wow. That's a uh, – I just think it's cool that you – would go up there and work out with those guys. I mean, you think about you in that room with the rest of those horses, my God, I don't know if Snyder was there when you were going, but, um, or if this was before he had made the move, but. No, I, I was, I, I've, I've been going, you know, I was up there all, all the way up through the trials. I haven't been since the trials uh, just because everything's been so busy and all that stuff. But um, yeah. no, they, they have a great room and they have a very, um, you know, I think that the, the top rooms you look at are all very wrestling focused and it's just, you know, if you have skills, just come in and, and you know, we'll teach you, you teach us. And um, it's not, it's very open to wrestling bodies. Yeah. That's probably wrestling is the government. It's like, there's no, Oh, it's you or you. It's like, no, it's, it's wrestling. You know, you'll get better and that'll force me to get better and whatnot. You know, it's not like I'm going to come in here. You're, you're going to come in here. We're going to scout you and try to beat you. Right. You know, but it's, you know, it's all wrestling centric. And it's skills based learning, like the different techniques versus like going real hard and, you know, like, yeah, there's, there's that. Um, but, but, you know, don't fool yourself. Those guys go hard, you know, Friday match days, longer, longer goes all that stuff. Um, they all wrestle very hard. They wrestle very hard um, and are competitive um you know all, all all things that all things that you see that um uh, are shown in their in their in their athletes especially yeah when you look at their coaching staff too or any great program now they have so many coaches that could be head coaches uh coach cunningham is one that jumps out um you everything you hear about that guy it's like just one of the you know the great minds in wrestling um did you have a chance to work with him often when you were up there yeah, I would, I would work with Casey a bit. Um, he's cornered me for a couple of world team trials and um, overseas at plenty of events and whatnot. Um, and, and, you know, same thing with Cody and Jake, Kale and, and Mark McKnight and uh, Eric Thompson. Like it's everyone's, if you're in the room, you're there for everybody. You know, it's not like, oh, I don't really work with you or work with you. It's like, you know. Oh, you need help? Sure. What do you need? You want to come in early? I'll be there. Um, they're, they're very selfless individuals. That's awesome. Good to know that those kind of people are out there in the, in the wrestling world and makes a lot of sense why they're as good as they are. I looked at, you know, your entire body of work as a senior athlete and there was, I was trying to zero in on, uh, on one tournament or one trip, but I did notice that you, the first time you went to your Regan, you didn't place then in 18, you went back and got a bronze and I'm sure that was a big, a big medal. Um, or was it 16 you got – you went the, for the first time in 17 you got the bronze? Uh, I'm not sure. Maybe it might have been 17. What was your first trip over to Kresniarsk like? Um, I don't know. I felt like I was well prepared. I gave up a stupid wizard kick for four against some bum. Uh, <laughs> like I was a far better wrestler than him. Um, 
I think I was winning the match in the second period. He scored a wizard kick. On, you know, I was driving him out of bounds in a single leg. He wizard kicked me. Um, and then he ended up winning the match, maybe on criteria or something. Wizard kick? What's that? I'm not I was I was I was driving him in a single leg. He wizard down, kicked in between my legs. Um, I probably went out of bounds for four. I think. Uh, her, Got it. A Russian four, you know, whatever you want to call that. <laughs> I don't. I forget if it was close or not. Uh, but then he went on. Yeah, I knew he wasn't going to make the finals. Um, so, you know, just sitting there in the stands uh, for two days or you know, day and a half in a little plastic seat, you know, twelve hours from home, twelve time zones away. Like this really, really sucks. You know, I don't want. I don't want this to happen again. What is the environment like inside that arena? Is it like real quiet and subdued, or are they going crazy the whole time? Uh, there's not a ton of fans. If I were actually, there are a lot of fans at Uregan. Uh, last time I went, it was probably about 50 degrees inside because uh, it's probably you know negative 20 outside. Uh, so like everyone's wearing jackets, and you know you're warming up, you're taking your jacket off right before you go on the mat and whatnot. Uh, but it was damn cold. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, but yeah, that's, you know, there, there are a lot of really good wrestlers. I think when I placed, um, who did I lose? Yeah, I lost, I lost a match to the guy that won. Kushkov? Uh, yep. And then I beat, um, I beat this other Russian who's represented them at the world championships before. And I beat a Mongolian guy who wrestled for fifth at the Olympics. I'm pretty sure it was him. Is well, what's that guy's name? Uh, it begins with like M U M U H. Luktar. Yeah, I think it was him. I think it was him. Yeah, I just looked at it yesterday on UWW. Um, yeah. And that's I, I think just the point of the story though is what what I enjoyed about it was that as opposed to college wrestling where you can grind your way back, freestyle wrestling it's like it demands total focus the entire time because you know a, a couple second laps in focus, just like you had mentioned, you know you're you're getting. Yes. You have a single, you're going out of bounds. Is that something that still uh, kind of rings true for you? Um, yeah. I, you know, you just, you, it just really sucks sitting there going 0 1. Um, I felt it at the World Championships in 2019, um, where, you know, you really understand like you only have six minutes to give it your best effort before it's, you know, you're, you're done for the tournament. You know, so if you, you know, take seconds off or if you start to coast, um, things like that, lose focus, um, that can, that can really hurt you. So you kind of have to figure out ways to, um, bring yourself back into focus, not, not lose the focus when the focus drifts, bring yourself back to focus and all throughout keeping your energy and effort high. And when you go to compete, being ready to compete, that's your focus. Do you have any mantras that you say to bring yourself back if you're starting to drift during a match or in a warm-up? Um, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say mantras just kind of, you know, you stop, you breathe. I kind of like wiggle my toes, just kind of feel where my feet are uh, and kind of run a diagnostic on your body for the most part, feel everything and be like, okay. And that time that you did those things, you felt, you felt where you are in that moment. And that, that brings me back. That eliminates all other thoughts because you're busy thinking about, okay, there's sweat running down my forehead, my back sweaty, you know, my heart's pumping hard, you know, 
my left shoe's a little bit tighter than my right shoe. You know, all those things that you feel everything. Wow. And that's like during a warm up, or sometimes even like walking back to center. Uh, not really walking back to center. That's too much thought. <laughs> yeah, too much thought. Um, in warm up before the match, you know, because you, you know your mind is, um, your mind is such a slippery, a slippery fellow. Someone once told me um, that you know if you try to direct it one way, it goes the other way. Interesting, slippery fellow. I love that. It's so true, Mike. Yes. I mean, what a what a what a great description of it. I just love hearing how people at your level get themselves back back on track because really it just seems like you need know, to have the kind of consistency to be where you're at since 2012 onward. You're obviously doing something uh, something unique. What a, I mean, obviously this year you wrestled Gable at the trials. What chances did you give Gable going into the Olympics of going with Taha or Gino? Like what were your uh, thoughts on how that could go? I remember after the trials, um, I was getting a water out of the cooler and, and uh, Brendan Egan was over there. And I, I said, congrats, you know, well done. And I was like, you know, if he doesn't win a medal, I'll be very surprised. You know, mm-hmm. um, I, wrestling him was different than a lot of other guys. And I knew that his skills are, are, aren't seen too often around the world in other countries. Um, so with that being said, I was like, you know, if he's going out there, like he's, he's going to catch these guys off guard. They haven't seen this before. And he's probably going to win. He's probably going to do very well. Um, you know, which, you know, came true. The guy won a gold medal, performed well, um, and beat some of the, the guys that have been at the top of the podium every time over the last almost 10 years now. Did you see adjustments made even between his semifinal match in the finals in terms of the guys he's wrestling? Like, are you picking up on some of the things he did? Um, I think I think one thing Petrus really did was probably um, be a little more focused on the intent of the scores. Like, if I'm going to shoot, it's got to be a good, clean, hard attack. I need to get to his leg um, where I think Taha kind of – expose his ankles a little bit too much and a little more of a sweeping motion that really um, gave Gable those opportunities for his, his go-behinds, which he's really good at, kind of stepping off to the side, grabbing that near ankle, mm-hmm. running through guys. Um, yeah, I, I definitely think that that those, those skills that he brought was something they haven't seen before. Um, and if anything, it kind of showed uh, Petro in the finals, like, okay, I need to tighten things up a bit. I can't. Um, not that he's careless when he wrestles, right? The guy's extremely good. Yeah. Um, but just give you give them a better idea of the skill sets that he brings. And obviously, Parterre in that match was huge. Could have gotten you know way out of hand. Is Parterre something you focus on just the same as your your your, your neutral game and, and your strength and conditioning game? Uh, yeah, I'd say probably two. You know, we're probably wrestling Parterre maybe a, over an hour a week, whether it's live or whether it's um, reps, you know, every time, you know, either it's takedown two turn or takedown and, you know, where, where do my hands need to be? You know, mm-hmm. you know, this is going here, this is going there. Maybe I don't take them through every time, but even in drilling, it's, it's at the front of mind, um, which is something that's definitely changed from where I was in 2017, 2018 to now, um, you know, I, I would take my part terror abilities against a lot of guys in the world. 
Yeah. Um, like right up there with like, okay, you need to get a turn, you know, get a turn, those type of things. You score a takedown, are you turning right from it? Those type of things, yeah. You have to at that level, obviously. Um, and if you look at all the, the crazy events you've been a part of, I got to think 2017 when Team USA won the gold had to be a big one. You got your first world bronze medal. What memories do you have of, of that event back in Paris in 2017? That was special. Um, that was, I was, you know, it's cool to be part of that and not just, not just be part of it. Like everybody on the team was part of it. You know, mm -hmm. there was, there was not one part that was like, not even like you look at guys and be like, Oh, well they didn't like contribute. Like, no, like the more, the more you get into this sport and realize it's like everyone, no matter if they win a lot of matches, they win no matches, like everyone is part of the team. Uh, whether, you know, it could be as small as like the energy you bring, the friendship, the camaraderie you bring to the guys on the team, like everyone's part of it. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, it was even cool that, you know, everyone left with medals that year. Um, and we were, we were so successful and um, got to do it for the first time in a long time. That was pretty sweet. I didn't really realize the, the magnitude of it when we did it. Um, but then afterwards, you know, everyone's talking about it and whatnot. I was like, it's pretty cool to be part of that team. And especially, I think, uh, looking back on it in, in a, you know, a longer period of time when I'm done wrestling, you know, saying, yeah, I've got to be on teams with Jordan Burroughs, Logan Steber, Kyle Dake, Kyle Snyder. David Taylor, James Green, you know, some of the guys that I think will go down um, as probably some of the best wrestlers the United States have ever seen. As will you, my friend. And that's why we're excited to see you uh, the back on the mat four weeks from now, the trials, and then back to Norway. Is it Norway for the world? Yes, Oslo, Norway. I was talking to my girlfriend this morning. She's trying to plan a trip in October to Utah. I'm like, what do you think about Norway? She's like, Norway. <laughs> go, to, go to Norway. I went... Uh, I went in 2019 uh, with my girlfriend after Norway or after Kazakhstan. Um, and it was beautiful. Oslo is cool. Um, Bergen on the West coast is cool. Um, there's a ton of, and we kind of went the same time of year. There's a ton of outdoor stuff. Um, incredible views, like views you can't imagine. Um, you're actually talking me into it. Now I was joking this morning. Yeah, but if you're no, serious about it. I know I'm, I'm very serious about it. It was, it was well worth it especially if you like some outdoor stuff. And I'm sure if you're going to Utah, you're going for outdoor stuff. That's the only reason we're going. Yeah. Pull up. I'll send you some pictures of Norway. Uh, and then she'll be all in on Norway. I love it, man. Yeah. It would be so cool to go. Um, especially knowing it's like the Olympics were so fun. And now we have an event two, two months after it's amazing. Cause I was feeling a little post Olympic blues, you know, but then I remembered that shit, the worlds are just, you know, six, seven, yeah. eight weeks away. It'll be right here. Awesome, man. Well, Gwiz, thanks so much for taking time out of your day. Tell all the guys uh, on the staff there, we say what's up. We love the, the Cornell team, and best of luck to you moving forward, man. Thank you. See you, Ryan. And that's the end of this episode of Wrestling Changed My Life. Thank you to our sponsor, Spartan Combat. And coming Monday, August 30th, we will be releasing our next audio documentary series. It's called Slaying Satyev. It's a story about the biggest upset in wrestling history that took place at the 2000 Olympics. We put a ton of time into these audio docs, so it would mean the world to me if you would check out Slang Satyev on Monday, August 30th, right here on this platform. Peace!